Hey, everyone, wanted to talk to you about Head Flyer Brewing in Northeast Minneapolis, my favorite brew pub. I've been going there for years, live not too far away from there. My wife and I go by there all of the time, and they have really leaned into the Timberwolves' success at the start of the season. So as we prep for one of the biggest drinking days of the year, the night before Thanksgiving, Head Flyer is having a promotion um, on Wednesday night for the Timberwolves 76ers game, a Wolves watch party. They'll have a food truck. They'll do some giveaways at halftime. And as always, if you wear your Head Flyer Wolves shirt, you get $2 off of beer during the game. So come on out if you're not going to Target Center on Wednesday night for a big-time game against the 76ers. Go to Head Flyer, have some great beer, some great food, and maybe you can win a prize or two and enjoy it. Uh, if you're there late enough, maybe I'll swing by at the end of the night, have a beer myself, and 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 chat with y'all. So hope you all have a great Thanksgiving, and hopefully it starts on Wednesday night at Head Flyer for their Wolves watch party. Hello, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. Welcome back to the John Krasinski Show. I am John Krasinski, the Timberwolves beat writer for The Athletic, normally joined on this show by Star Tribune columnist Jim Suhan. Jim is on vacation this week, getting some family time around the holidays. Hopefully, a bunch of you guys who are listening will get to do that as well, whether you're listening on Wednesday when we're recording this from the Aquarius Home Services Studios, whether you're... Um, whether you're going to do it on Thursday, you know, in your tryptophan-induced fog um, over the weekend. Uh, it's a great time to be consuming Wolves content right now. Um, you know, when you look at how this team is playing, when you look at the energy that is in the arena, when you look at how things are coming together, um, just really fun. And so I thought that this would be a great time to bring on Timberwolves CEO Ethan Casson for our guests to just kind of really look at a wide angle view of the early success about what's going on at target center about the ownership situation about uh, Tim Connolly and Chris Finch and, and everything that Ethan has seen. He's been around forever. He's, he's been a longtime member of this organization um, in between stops with the San Francisco 49ers. Um, and so, Ethan, thanks a lot for joining us. Happy Thanksgiving to you. And and how are things, man? Things are great, John. And happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Are you traveling at all? Or are you uh, are you using the I've got to work the Timberwolves home games as a reason to stay uh, stay on the home front? Well, I so I, I will be at the game on Wednesday night against the Sixers. Originally, I was planning on heading out of town Thursday and staying out of town and missing the Kings game on Friday. But quite honestly, Ethan, uh, the games are too important right now. It's an in-season tournament game. Um, the Wolves are playing well. And so I'm actually going to I'm gonna go with the family on Thursday, get out of town for a little while, have, have dinner with the in-laws. But I'm going to come back Friday and get back to the game. So uh, that's just the, the, the cost of success, Ethan. And that's how dedicated I am to this job. So. Well, your dedication is duly noted. I, I would say more important than a great matchup against the Kings on a Friday night. Aren't you desperately wondering what that court's going to look like? 
I, I cannot wait. Yes, I can't. <laughs> yes. I mean, I just don't want my retinas burned from it with some of these other ones. So like I'm hoping I think it's it's a little more muted right from from the renderings that I've seen. I'll at least be able to look at it and not not be blinded by it like uh, like some of these other ones out there. You don't have to disparage your your fellow franchises, but it's been uh, it's been an, an, an experience to watch some of these. I think the fans will enjoy where we landed on the final design. And uh, it, it, it's uh, I've been surprised how excited uh, and and how quickly people have kind of tapped into this in-season tournament concept. Right. It's it, it's it has the capacity was the capacity in the early stages when the schedule came out around how to understand it, how to understand group play, et cetera. But it's taken on some great momentum. Would you agree? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you, I, it is. I, I do think the games are a little more intense. I mean, your Golden State matchup uh, certainly factored into that. But um, I, I, when I talked to players about it, what I anticipated was a a lot of confusion or ambivalence, and b like, hey, the money that is on the line if we win it is nice, but um, but it's you know not anything that is going to be driving. Uh, an uptick in in competitiveness but what they tell me in the locker room is yeah we we notice a difference in these games like I do think the courts factor into it a little bit they they know that this is a different environment that they're stepping onto um they understand that there is a potential trip to Las Vegas that there's a potential really nice financial reward for it but I do think also that any th- any time that you can put anything, on the line for these guys that they just want to compete and it stokes their competitive fire. I, I think that's good. Uh, you know, you and I have talked about this, but I, I do think one of the things that the league needed to address was how do you breathe more urgency into the early portion of the schedule while football is, is on and, 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 you know, making it more than just one of 82. And, so from what the players are telling me that, yeah, and what you see on the court, I mean, that Indiana-Atlanta game uh, the other night was in, incredible. And, and so it does seem like they are, they're bringing a little more juice to it, which I think is all you can hope for in these things. The, the league, you and I had this conversation a few years back around the play-in. Yes. And whether or not that would be of interest to fans, right? Or would it matter with, you know, teams seated 9 and 10 and, what have we seen from that platform that got launched? It's it's kept basketball relevant in markets that are in that six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven seed, um, all the way up into the end. And then the ways in which the play-in is is resulted, where you've got teams that are quote play-in teams now making uh, the postseason. So now you've anchored the season with an in-season tournament early, early on to keep fans engaged and interested. And, and I agree, this is this is the beginning, and I think people are really excited. And speaking of excitement, uh, to your first to your first question um, about how are things, we are um, excitement would be a, a great word to describe kind of the state of mind of everybody here inside the organization, our front office, our players. Um, you know, I, I can't remember a lot of times, John, where we've woken up as the number one seed in the Western conference. Have you? No, no, not at all. I, it, it is an entire, I don't even, I'd have to look back. I don't think you were ever there. certainly not this deep in with the one Jimmy Butler season where, where, you know, I, th- I think you got as high as third at one point um, early on in that season, but you were never on top. So. Yeah. The, the, 
and again, this is a small sample size. Coach Finch would be the first uh, to vocalize that, and we all should. And I know you've done a great job talking about the ways in which an NBA season has the has has you know the fluidity the fluidity of an NBA season, injuries, right, tough matchups, the scheduling, all of those things matter. And I, I don't know what, what the exact number, but I feel like when you get to game twenty five to thirty, John, right, you, yeah, you you kind of not kind of, you know who you are as a team, you know your identity, you know where your strengths are, you know where your areas of improvement and opportunity are. And, and although we're not there yet, some of these early, let's call them, you know, proof points uh, that Timberwolves fans haven't seen in a long time um, are starting to come to fruition. It's the only sec. It's, you know, it's the only second time in franchise history we've started 10 and three. Yes. Yeah. 2001, 2002. Just insane, right? Like, it's it's insane. We've had uh, tonight will be um, or our Philadelphia game will be our seventh straight sellout. The Kings game on Friday night will be our eighth straight sellout. We haven't done that since 1990. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I I mean, you look at it, too, and I, th- I think one thing that helps you, there are periods in every long season where a team might win seven out of ten you know, eight out of eight out of 11, you know, go on a good run. But I think if you can get it at the start of a season, it means a little bit more just simply from the aesthetics of it. One is, which I think is clear and you and I will get into this, but the, the fan engagement, the, the, the making, making people perk up and they, they see 10 and three and they see number one in the West that, that gets attention in a, in a way that if you went 10 and three in February, it would be different. But number two is it also, I think, allows the team to play a little bit more freely. Remember, I mean, last year, I don't have to tell you, like the, the slow start, it, 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 it contributed to kind of uh, frustration, kind of it, it, tension just with guys who wanted to play better. And so now if you if the team were to have an injury, if the team were to drop a game or two, there's cushion there that that provides a little sense of security that, hey, we've we've already started to put hay in the barn and not every loss then has to be catastrophic or has to be, you know, the end of the world type of thing. And so I think it's really helpful that the start has gotten off the way that it has. I, I agree. I agree with that. And, you know, you can't, you know, if we could all just, you know, say that that's how it will be from this point forward, right, then every team and every league would be in a great place with their fan base and a great place to, you know, build from and grow from. Um, And last year, kind of in a lot of ways, you know, for a lot of reasons that were out of our control, that's just not the way that the season began. You know, if, if you go back and think of the the huge trade that summer um, in my years doing this, you know, maybe the Jimmy Butler trade, John um, had the same off season, inertia if you will mm-hmm. uh that the rudy trade had right i mean you know the the the, the season rudy tickets, wasn't at mall of america ethan so that's 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 true <laughs> I, 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 that is true he was he was not although maybe there's maybe there's time to bring him back to the mall of america john we, <laughs> we, we, should, we should think through that i think there's Absolutely. something here i think there's something here maybe uh maybe a uh defensive player of the year award recipient we do we do the uh celebration at the mall of america something like that or you think i love it i love it yeah. it sounds great 
but yeah, it's you know, so when the team starts with, with such high expectations last year, and then it takes them time to find their footing, their identity, and then you've got the injuries, et cetera, et cetera. You're right. In some ways, the fans have already decided. Um, you know, in 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 some ways, the media has already decided, and and trying to, you know, win win back that during the season is is a pretty heavy lift. We ultimately, I believe, did um, quite a bit of that. Um, but this is exactly how you would always dream it up to be. And, um, and you said something earlier that I, I think it's, it's an important point to kind of tap into a little bit, which is, you know, just how important is the atmosphere at Target Center, right? Mm-hmm. We all talk yes. about home court advantage. It's the most cliche thing to say in sports. Um, statistically speaking, when you win more home games than not, and split your road games, you are likely a playoff team year, you know, year over year over year. But uh, in this market, the atmosphere at Target Center for a lot of years hasn't been great, and um, and that at times is a lot of times is the players' responsibility and the performance that we put out on the court. Other times, it's where the fans are at with our players, and you know, all early indications are that you know the emotion. And the emotional connection that the fans have with this roster and our players, John, with this fan base. And again, you know this because you've seen those those special moments where a player has connected or a roster has connected. That's the sweet spot. And we are just in the beginning of that sweet spot right now. You're listening to the John Krasinski show here on Talk North. I am joined by Timberwolves CEO Ethan Casson uh, from the Aquarius Home Services Studios. We're brought to you by All Energy Solar, Head Flyer, Manscaped, TSR, and Tony Hoagland, your State Farm agent. And Ethan, kind of building off of that Target Center vibes thing, obviously, number one, what I've said forever and ever, you have to have a winning team um, that that to 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 kind of break through the ice and 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 get fans on board. I agree with you that the way this team is playing with the defense, with kind of the energy and the hustle and the intensity, I think has connected and resonated uh, in a special way, in a way that's different than 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 other teams. Certainly having Anthony Edwards and, and Cad and, and some star power as well helps. But it, are there other things that you guys as an organization, you guys on the business side of things, are doing to try and address or enliven the experience the game day experience you know beyond just like sitting down and saying your prayers and hoping that the (laughs) winds keep coming (laughs) um yeah i mean the answer is yes and and i would say we're always tinkering with what that game and in arena experience is right and that and that by the way for us um not to get too granular, right? We call it the driveway to driveway experience, John, right? How do we impact, you know, a fan, a season ticket member, a corporate partner, uh, someone that's taking their family to a Timberwolves game at Target Center? How can we impact the driveway to driveway experience from the moment they leave their home to the moment they arrive, to how they get into the arena, to the food and beverage experience, to the technology and mobile experience, to when they get to their seats, to the entertainment, to the music, uh, and then the performance of our players, we really like to try to tie all that up together and, and make it, it the best that it possibly could be, knowing like you know that our fans know that there gets to a certain point where it's completely out of all of our control, and the outcome of the game is going to be the outcome of the game. So the tinkering piece is something that we're, we're going to always do. We're in a 
in a situation right now where it's it's less to do with tinkering and trying things in hopes of maybe like you talked about last year, how do we get people more involved? How do we get people more enthusiastic? How do we get people, um, you know, you know, you know, getting up on their feet, getting louder, coming out of timeouts. Now it's more just additive. Um, but you know, the music, the player intros, you know, you know, constantly looking at our in- interactive and, and scoreboard content and looking for ways to make sure that's engaging um, and excitable for our fan base, premium giveaways, sponsorship activation. They, uh, I believe there was a chicken sandwich giveaway. Am I, am I tracking this the right way? I think there was. Yes, yes. That was the, maybe the loudest pop of the night, um, <laughs> other than a dunk from Rudy or something like that the other night. Yeah. So, so you look at all of those ways uh, to bring energy, to bring enthusiasm, to, to bring the fans into it as close as they possibly can get to it. Um, but again, without that connection from a player to a fan and a fan to a player, um, it's really hard for what I just described to kind of all come together. What is, again, small sample size, but an important sample size nonetheless. What's really powerful about this team is it's not a team with a player, right? There's a reason why I believe uh, a phenomenon, if you will, that Nas Reed gets the biggest ovation in the arena every time he checks into the game. Right. Right. There, there, there's just something unique about that and the relationship that they have with them. You know, Anthony Edwards is Anthony Edwards. And every time that ball is in his hand, the crowd is just anticipating something magnificent, you know, something that only true NBA superstars are able to do. Rudy now establishing himself as the player that he once was maybe playing the best basketball he's played in his career at this point uh, and how excitable people get ovations after block shots right um mm-hmm. that they're giving him um is is phenomenal um and i i have to be honest i i watch the sidelines a lot john i know you do as yeah. well and there is something about an entire roster of players standing and mm-hmm. and running out on the court during a timeout or a quarter break um you know to 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 you know to give it up for the guys that had just played as hard as they played on the court. They're rooting for each other. There's never an interview. Have you heard of an interview that Anthony Edwards has done that he hasn't thanked his teammates and the fans? Yeah. Nope. He always does that. You're right. Yep. And so I, I, so I guess what I'm saying is we're going to tinker. We're going to continue to do the best we can at making it the best fan experience in sports. But when you can combine that with this roster, with those personalities, and there's joy in it. The guys are having so much fun out there. The, the irony of what we're doing on the defensive side, which has now become almost our calling card and will continue to be this calling card, I, I think they lock in harder because I think they know that yeah. diving for a loose ball, taking a charge, going after a rebound that they might not have necessarily been able to get, that just excites the fans and the fans just get even more enthusiastic and committed to who these guys are night in, night out. We're going to take a quick break here, um, and we're with T- Timberwolves CEO Ethan Casson on the other side of the break with the John Krasinski Show on Talk North. We'll talk about Anthony Edwards. We'll talk about the ownership situation, and we'll get into a little bit more of the nuts and bolts of what Ethan does day-to-day um, as a CEO 
of the Timberwolves and Lynx. Uh, you're listening to the John Krasinski Show on Talk North. Want to let you know we're sponsored by TSR Injury Law, 612-TSR-TIME. That's all you really need to know if you're ever injured. First call, 612-TSR-TIME. They'll take good care of you. They will not charge you unless they win your case, and they win a lot of cases. That's why they're such a great Minnesota business success story. Also want to let you know that all energy solar panel installations are done right and made easy thanks to more than 14 years of experience in Minnesota and beyond. All Energy Solar is ready to take any solar project from design to installation and everything in between. That's for home, business, or both. Find out more about going solar at allenergysolar.com slash coach, C-O-A-C-H, coach. This is your State Farm agent, Tony Hoagland. Here's the deal. When you combine State Farm home and auto insurance, you save an average of $889 a year. My agency is ready to help you combine home and auto and start saving today. Call 763-421-4900 to start saving. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, we're back now with Ethan Casson, Timberwolves and Lynx. CEO and Ethan, one thing that I was really interested in discussing with you is sort of your perspective on Anthony Edwards' rise here. Um, you know, I was here for Kevin Garnett, um, certainly more so at the tail end of of his run here, um, and and he was obviously iconic and and a true superstar. In the interim, we've seen. Ricky Rubio, we've seen Al Jefferson, we've seen Kevin Love, we've seen Jimmy Butler, we've seen other players come through, Carl Anthony Towns, really good players, all-star caliber players in many respects, but it feels like Edwards is another level of star uh, in the making here. I mean, I was out in Las Vegas, he was part of the ESPN unveiling of the in-season tournament, Uh, he's kind of been a really omnipresent face in terms of discussion, not just locally, but around the league on, on, you know, how captivating he is. What's been your perspective on, on that rise and like how the organization is working with him as he ascends, maybe, you know, it's, he's still got some way to go, but it looks like he's on his way to a level of stardom in the NBA that is uncommon for the Timberwolves? It certainly doesn't seem at this point, John, like there's a ceiling here with him. Would you agree right, with that? Right. Yes, I agree. Yep. And, and, and you listed off some, some great players um, and, and, and will be uh, forever part of you know, the history of any amount of success of, of the players that you just mentioned. They are they have been and, and have and will continue to be critical to that level of success. I happen to begin my career, start my career with the term rules uh, at the height of the KG era. Um, and so I, I did get to see firsthand what an individual can do to a city, to a community, to a fan base. Um, and, uh, and have had the opportunity now being back in this role with my eighth season as CEO to watch Carl Anthony Towns, um, mm-hmm. And, and embrace that level of responsibility. Um, a, couple thing, a couple things on that. I, I, everything you said, I, I would, I would uh, echo that same sentiment. This is one of the most excitable players inside the NBA. Certainly at his age, he's doing things historically that have never been done before. Um, how he approaches the game, uh, the tenacity in which he plays the game, the swagger in which at times in those moments 
um, he's able to do something that very few people can do and make it seem so easy. All of those things are, are what I, I believe uh, are uh, uh, the ingredients to, to what makes greatness inside the NBA. Certainly consistency uh, and continuing to, to improve on areas of your game uh, will be kind of how he grows and where and how far what we're talking about is able to, to, um, to play out. Um, but why, specific to the team, and you know, how much in the weeds do we get around an individual player? We're really careful um, mm-hmm. on not making it about an individual player. We've been in situations, John, you've been part of many of those years, right, where we don't have the depth that we have now. We don't have the storylines of players that we have now. Um, and so we might lean a little bit more heavily uh, on a star player um, or at times our narrative is about youth and, and development, right? So you're talking about Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns and Zach Levine, right? So you're always in a different state when, you, when it comes to who you are as an organization and what you're trying to project uh, to, the, to the marketplace. So we'll continue to support Ant, but I've got to be honest, there isn't much around Anthony Edwards that we need to do. I mean, Mm -hmm. his game is his game. The way he goes about it um, is is magnificent. The way he approaches being a great teammate, I don't know if I've seen very many teammates, no matter what the circumstances, take every single interview and talk about the guys in the locker room first. Mm -hmm. He has a great game. I, I wouldn't be able to have a great game tonight if it wasn't for my teammates, if it wasn't for you know the guys around me that put me in this position. He has a bad game. He talks about owning that bad game. Um, and so there are things maybe at a macro level that we think are important to Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns and, and Rudy and others. I think Awa Dhabi, uh, frankly, John, was, was something that we were very intentional about, making sure that although we love being in Minnesota – Minnesota is, and the fan base is everything to us, getting out of the state, the region, even the country, and playing on a more global stage. I think that's really important to all of our guys, Anthony included, for people to really see firsthand. Um, One thing we do spend some time on is making sure that, you know, we're showcasing his personality, which is fun and always done in an authentic way. And that's, that's all Ant. Um, And then we've got, we've got, I mean, we, we're blessed right now, right? We, we have Carl Anthony Towns who's playing his best basketball of his career, right? This right. is an all-NBA guy right now over the last couple of weeks doing things on the floor um, that maybe he's always been capable of doing them, but doing them in a consistent way, you know, being the guy for us when we need him to be the guy for us. So the narrative isn't about Ant. That narrative is as much about Carl Anthony Towns and his contributions, we're talking about Rudy Gobert in a different way than we were a year ago. We're talking about Nas Reed. Could Nas Reed, John, be a, a, a six-man of the year? Yeah, absolutely. Yep, yep. He's absolutely in the running for that, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, going back to what we were saying earlier, could is it is it crazy to think Rudy's not in NBA all-defensive first team, if not, you know, a potential defensive player of the year again? I. With right. what's going on, statistically speaking, it certainly would suggest that it, it could head in that direction. And then you've got Minnesota Mike and Mike Conley and <laughs> all of these other incredible personalities. So to, to kind of go back to your point, there's, there's no way of getting around the fact that 
there is greatness on the floor in Anthony Edwards every single night. Um, a young player that's got a lot to learn. He's the first to admit it. And, uh, and he's, he's the type of guy that will make and do the things he's going to need to do to get better next week, next month, after the All-Star break, and next year and beyond. And we have all these other incredible piece, pieces and players that we also want to make sure we're projecting and amplifying their story as well. Well, this is a big week for you guys, Ethan. Three home games, uh, Knicks, Sixers, Kings. I know you have a full house, not in terms of just of fans, but in your ownership group as well, coming in, enjoying these games and stuff. Can you just give the fans sort of an update on how the transition from Glenn Taylor to Alex Rodriguez and Mark Laurie is going? Um, what has it been like to be in the middle of this and, and kind of seeing the old and the new kind of working together. Yeah. We began the process in April of 2021. Um, when the, when the letter of intent was agreed upon by both Mark, Alex and Glenn and believe it or not, John, it's gone, it's gone by pretty quickly. Um, by the time I believe this closes officially closes, right. It, it will likely be about three years, um, from when that, from that first meeting in Naples took place, uh, the lunch that they had with Glenn and Becky, um, to the completion point of the sale. Maybe just a, a little, a little um, factual uh, commentary, if you will, because I know there's a lot that gets written out yeah. there about this process, and um, certainly there's a number of different viewpoints on it. They'll exercise their rights uh, to take on the incremental 40%. John, I would anticipate you know, that letter and that exercising of that letter to take shape, let's call it in the next few weeks. Um, from there, um, there's a, an approval process. This is all very public, something that they went through last year, um, when they were purchasing their 20%, um, that the NBA will run point on. And let's say that process takes anywhere from 60 to 90 to 120 days, give or take. Um, and that puts us uh, in and around the spring, you know, March, April, May, that window of time is when this, this would be complete from a transaction of a sale perspective where, uh, in this case, Mark would move into the general partner status, uh, Alex as his, his, as his partner, his co-owner, um, and, um, and we'll be off um, moving in the direction uh, that envision that these guys have talked openly about um, from the moment they began. To your earlier point, um, the way in which Glenn and Mark and Alex have worked has been incredible. I don't know a lot of people in Glenn Taylor's position um, who would have been so open to them coming in right away and, uh, and getting involved and, and meeting with the staff and trying to understand um, you know, what's happening in the building, both on the business side and the basketball side. In fact, he's encouraged them. Uh, to be as aggressive as they want to be around the things that I'm, ta- that I'm talking about. He's encouraged them uh, to, be, to be involved in, inside of our community. Uh, Alex Rodriguez was just at an event yesterday with Coach Finch and Second Harvest, um, doing some great work there um, on the community front. Um, Mark is active and aggressive and a lot of big ideas that, that he anticipates us uh, looking into as this comes to a completion point. So I'm really appreciative of the three of them having the relationship that they have. And then as the CEO who's reports to Glenn, but also has 
this dotted line into Mark and Alex. Um, it's made my job a lot easier to be able to kind of navigate, you know, kind of the, the today and the tomorrow and know that uh, I've got the support of all three of them. Do you, I, I'm watching sort of how this has unfolded over the last now two and a half years. Um, I think it was, a lot of it was designed and we, we've talked a lot about how this process of gradual, um, you know, kind of the, the gradual process of them becoming majority owners would be to help ease the transition and make it sort of more seamless. So they, as you said, they've, they've played big roles in big decisions, Tim Connolly in, you know, contract extensions, things of that nature. Um, so when this process does come to fruition, do you anticipate because of how involved they already have been that it will be, I mean, it's never seamless, but that it will be smoother than maybe had it been, we are buying this team right now and we are taking over right now. hundred percent, a hundred percent. And you, you, you just framed it up perfectly. And I think it, again, going, going back and, and, and thinking or remembering that, that first meeting that both Glenn and, and, and Mark and Alex had, you know, all along, I think that's what Glenn was hoping for was, was for them to be open-minded to ask a lot of questions, uh, to challenge the way in which we've done things. I mean, he's the general partner. He's the owner of this team, and he's going to have to be the one that makes the ultimate decision. Um, but how inclusive he's been with them um, and how involved they've been in every area of our business. Um, and and they, they each bring different levels of expertise and points of view to it as well, John, which which is helpful, right? They they. they, they they have a lot in common with one another, but they, they look at this, uh, this property, this asset differently as well. I think that's a good thing. They've got new ideas, maybe that they've seen in other arenas, maybe they've seen in their own businesses that they want to you know, de- determine whether or not that makes sense for us. They really understand the value of the fan. They really understand the heartbeat of all of this is, in fact, our fans. They've got different backgrounds. They've got different levels of area of expertise. Uh, they're comfortable challenging all of us. Um, and, and I think that's a good thing. So by the time this transition were to take shape, uh, and be finalized, you're right. It's not day one, you know, let me learn how to run and manage and own an NBA and operate an NBA and WNBA franchise. It's, it's, it's kind of the opposite. And, um, and Glenn's role in that and, and almost mentoring them, um, and encouraging that, um, I can't say enough about uh, the kind of person that would take in order to be really open-minded about that. And the numbers and the numbers and, and, the, and the proof points on our side, on the business side, John, um, you know, are, are, are suggesting that we're headed in, in, in an incredible direction. Um, when you think of TV ratings and attendance and the ways in which we measure growth um, and progress. Um, remember, do you remember, uh, I know you remember this, do you remember um, years ago, Rashid Wallace had famous quote, the ball don't lie. Yeah. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Well, the numbers don't lie. Right. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and for us, you know, Bally sports, North television ratings, John right now are up 75% year over year, double what we were two years ago. And we could probably do a whole nother podcast on the future of, regional sports and local television and 
the ways in which people are consuming media in different ways, et cetera, et cetera. But 75% year-over-year growth is staggering. Our ticket revenue is up 20-plus percent. That's And a 60% lift, John, in just over two years. Single-game tickets, as you know, is, is, is also critical because once the season starts, that's really the last major revenue component indicator that's left for for the remainder of the year up 43 percent year over year partnerships 18 percent you know year over year adding 34 new partners over the last two years corporate partners so the corporate community is really getting behind what we're doing and, and what we're building and uh and so as uh the uh the legendary rashid wallace said the balls don't the ball don't lie the, the numbers don't lie right now and what we're seeing early on uh you're listening to the john krasinski show on talk north it's not a bird it's not a plane. It's a ball trimmer sent from space. Gentlemen, our friends over at Manscaped have been working night and day to bring you a below-the-waist grooming experience like none other with their brand-new Lawnmower Ultra 5.0. We're talking about a next-generation trimmer with interchangeable blade heads for whatever shave your mind can imagine. Upgrade your grooming game to the Ultra Sphere this year by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code ATHLETIC. High-tech for low places, Manscaped. AI is cool, but I think this might be the biggest technological advancement the world has ever seen. Every man knows how scary it can get when going for a close shave below the belt. That's why I trust Manscaped for all my sensitive areas. Inside this package, you'll find the star of the show, the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. Their fifth-generation trimmer features two interchangeable next-gen skin-safe blade heads, a standard one for taking a little off the top, and a new foil blade to go smooth wherever your heart desires. We also have dual LED spotlights to provide contrast on multiple skin tones, three length-setting combs, and oh, did I mention the trimmer is waterproof too? No more wet shaving down there? Count me in. This bad boy also features... Uh, three length setting combs for all your desired lengths. Taking it on the go, Manscaped has you covered. This puppy comes with a travel case and even a travel lock feature to avoid any accidental powering and or weird looks in the airport. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code athletic at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code athletic at manscaped.com. Uh, we had talked earlier or before we started recording this about making this a little bit more regular um, situation where you can come on and, and and talk to us. And we'd love that. And I think one of the things I do want to explore in a, in a, in a subsequent uh, visit with you is kind of the the regional sports networks, the Bally app, the kind of everything that you guys are trying to navigate and seeing with with all of that. And so we'll, we'll get into that more, um, you know, kind of going forward here. But one thing. I did want to discuss with you kind of now is how do you see the early days of this iHeart partnership that you launched? I know when when it was initially announced there some people, maybe more of the traditional um, consumers are like, well, wait a minute, you're they're not always on the radio anymore or um, and, and it's more selective. And now I, I get it through the app. It, it's obviously a unique kind of arrangement and how how are you kind of gauging the early uh steps of of the process and and how that's going so far yeah i would say early on we we couldn't be happier with the decision we made and and you just mentioned um you know a a, a couple of real you know realities to this we we are in fact shifting from the traditional way in which you would in this case listen to a Tim Rolls 
or links broadcasts. Um, it's interesting. There always has to be some level of disruption in, the, in this industry in order for something to seem so um, foreign um, and painful to become seamless and we don't ever talk about it again, right? I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I, do, I do recall at one point, you know, um, mobile entry into an arena um, with your ticketing and your buying and purchasing was, was, uh, was uh, absurd. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. the Timberwolves organization, I believe, was the first professional sports teams that introduced this foreign mobile ticketing, mobile food, right? Mobile payment type of concept. Welcomed with Center. open arms at the time, from what I recall. Yeah, exactly. Like very think, embraced from the moment that it yeah. was unveiled. Yes. Yeah, I think the word is outraged. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> out, outraged, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, name the last time you grabbed a, you know, an actual hard ticket. Uh, mm-hmm. Either when you're traveling on the road, or you're, you know, you're you're, you're headed over to U.S. Bank Stadium, or mm-hmm. uh, it's almost absurd to to think that you'd be reaching into your pop pocket and going, oh, "Wait a second, uh, let me find my paper tickets to find mm-hmm. out what section I'm sitting in." And so, I guess the point I'm trying to make is, with disruption uh, and, and change, certainly in the technology sector and the and the the um, the game experience or what the the fan experience. Um, space looks like there's going to be a little bit of adjustment and a shift in, in, in your behavior. The decision we made, John, to shift to, to iHeart and, and KFAN as our flagship was a lot to do with what I'm talking about. We truly believe uh, a couple of things. One, um, we know we need to grow our fan base, you know, and, and one of the, the, you know, inside the organization core macro organizational objectives is to double our fan base in the next five years. That, that, that is a significant, significant um, ask of our staff to go and achieve. Well, how would you double your fan base? Well, you've got to start to bring content, radio, television, digital, social, and everything else in between to a wider fan base. Well, a wider fan base might not be listening to the radio the way in which folks have traditionally listened to the radio. And that wider fan base might be partnering with iHeart, who has eight other stations in market that has a different demographic and a different you know, listenership and a different group uh, that we can integrate in and build promotions in and around. And, and by the way, it also links us back to KFAN, right? The number one sports you know, talk station, top three, top five, depending on what metric you're reading in the country, with some of the most talented uh, on-air personalities, guests, some fr- frequent some guests, of the some most, of the most talented, talented guests. Yes, not not all, but some <laughs> of the most talented guests um, as well. And so, um, yeah, uh, you're going to need to have uh, an iHeart app or use the Timberwolves app to consume a radio broadcast if it doesn't happen to be on KFan. But yes, you're also going to, as we get this up and going, have a 24-hour, you know, seven days a week, 365 type of station that's dedicated solely to the Timberwolves. And, and, and by the way, this is a deal that we did in partnership with the Lynx. So as the summer and the season turns, um, you will be listening to the Lynx on KFAN and the iHeart family as well. So this is about scale. This is about uh, growing our fan base. This is about getting to a different customer who's consuming 
and watching and listening and engaging in different ways. And I talked about mobile ticketing. I think you and I both agree that there was a version where, um, you know, I, 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 my Netflix DVD showed up in the mail, right? Yeah, right. And, uh, yep. and, and I think, you know, someone much smarter than me um, decided, well, I don't know if that's the right business model. Let's roll out this thing called streaming that no one's ever heard of before and see if that'll ever take. And here we are all these years later, and that's the only thing we know. So uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a disruption that has to happen. There's some pain in that and shifting fan behavior. Um, but in the end, I think it widens your reach. And in the end, it makes us better and provides a, a wider range of content for more and more people to engage. Ethan, I want to close quickly with um, a story that I like to he- hear you tell because a lot of fans who are listening to you right now, they, they, they hear Chris Finch, they hear Tim Connolly, they hear all the players. Um, they haven't heard your voice as much. And so can you, just to familiarize them a little bit more with your story, give us the tale of flying to LA for the Western Conference uh, playoffs between the Wolves and the Lakers and flip getting you a, a hotel room to stay around. Yeah, boy, that's, uh, we might need a whole other podcast just on that trip, John, but, um, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe back up just a second and I, I yeah. I'll be brief. I promise. Um, yeah. Yeah. but you know, I, 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 you know, I, I, I'm the kid that made a cold call to talk his way into an entry level position inside the terminals organization in 1999. Uh, there wasn't a job available. I came out, and begged, begged uh, for the organization to hire me. I'm from the East Coast, so I'm not from Minnesota. I had no ties to the Midwest. I had no ties to Minneapolis. I'd never been here before. And my career began in 1999 as a, a glorified, let's call it paid intern entry-level position at the whopping base salary of $24,000 a year. <laughs> um, and, and, and even what we've been talking about today, right, the, the start of the season, um, some of the, the, the painful seasons that we've all been a part of. I, I was with the organization for 10 years, left for the 49ers, and now, again, have been back in this position for my eighth season. All this, John, is so personal to me, you know? Um, the success of the organization or lack of at times, it, 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 it impacts you, and you carry that around with you because um, you know it impacts your staff and you know it impacts your, your fans and you know it impacts so many things that, you want to go a certain way, and, and at times you don't have control to do so. That said, there have been some incredible moments along the way that you kind of pinch yourself and, and ask yourself, how did I get to this point? Um, and for whatever reason, um, early, early on, um, me and Ryan Tankey, our, our chief operating officer, uh, I don't know if, uh, if Kevin McHale felt sorry for us. Um, uh, there might have been a version of that. I don't know if, uh, you know, I don't maybe Kevin wanted to live vicariously through us. Um, uh, there might have been a version of that. And, and the equipment manager, Clayton Wilson at the time, who's, a, you know, a legend, a legend inside of uh, the, the Timberwolves history. Uh, we just, you know, they grabbed these two idiots from the business office. And, and uh, we basically we basically were the, uh, the groupies that traveled along. Uh, in very, very incredible moments, whether it was the off-season and golfing and going up to Max Cabin and being around all the, the coaches in the front office listening to the great stories, or at times guys like Flip Saunders hearing that we paid our way to L.A. to go watch the game. And then because we won the game, 
tracking us down in the hotel and saying, <laughs> you will not leave L.A. Um, <laughs> until you stay for this next game and fly back with us because we're because he was so superstitious. And there are so many moments like that, John. And so, again, you and I have talked a lot about this. To say that this organization is family and that I care so deeply about it, it goes back to being a 24-year-old kid making a cold call and having all these incredible things happen along the way. And here we are all these years later, almost 25 years, by the way, 25 years from that call. And, uh, and we're talking about a 10-3 and start for the Timberwolves organization, uh, the best start we've had uh, in 20-plus um, years. Well, hey, Ethan, I look forward to hopefully making this a little bit more of a regular occurrence uh, as we go on through the season. I appreciate you taking the time um, to, to join us uh, for an extended chat here and um, a lot of great stuff. And we will get to even more of it as we bring you back on. So uh, th- thanks for joining us, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. And happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, John. Great. That was the uh, John Krasinski Show on Talk North, produced by Brandon Morton, brought to you by Aquarius Home Services Studios, All Energy Solar, Head Flyer, TSR, and Tony Hoagland, your State Farm agent. I hope you all have a happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy some Wolves basketball, and we will talk to you next week. Next week.